Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, hello, pod friends. The Premier League is back. Woohoo! And to celebrate your tales is in that neck of the woods this week. Last summer, Arsenal signed West Ham captain Declan Rice for a whopping British transfer record fee of a reported £105 million. The fee naturally raised some eyebrows given the player's contract was in its final year. The signing of Rice represented a shift In the recruitment ethos from an Arsenal standpoint, they shifted their hunger for signing youth to headhunt some experienced mid-20 players reaching their prime like Declan Rice. Given Rice an established England international and quite possibly a future English captain, counts as a homegrown player for Premier League and Champions League registration, this naturally added to Rice's price. So as the sands of time pass, is Rice the answer to Arteta's arsenal? Is he the final piece of this arsenal jigsaw that they've been looking for to finally put pay to Manchester City's reign of dominance? Is he living up to the high transfer outlay? Or will he be noted in history as yet another overpriced and overhyped English talent? Well, we... Need to find out how he's getting on. We get the inside scoop from Adam Keyes from the popular Guna show, The Arsenal Therapy, to analyse if Rice is looking like that final piece to the Arsenal puzzle. Is he there, Rodri? Is he the gunpowder their midfield engine room needs to cannon themselves to the title and beyond? Let's get the inside view. Enjoy. I was tweeting about it in January when the Caicedo link started. I was like, Caicedo's not the one for us. It's Declan Rice. Declan Rice is the man. And he's just an absolute monster in the middle of the pitch. The the ball playing, the, just his ability to cover ground, shield things, see things that others don't defensively. That I always remember Graham Sunez saying about Shaka whenever he first came. He's like, he doesn't have a natural ability to spot danger. That's one thing with Declan Rice, you never fear that. And it's those times where you're watching on TV, Declan Rice isn't in the frame at all. Next minute, he's caught up 20 yards and he's he's winning the ball back. And we saw it straight away in the community shield where he made that challenge. And he just seemed, I was at that game, sitting right in the middle of the pitch. And it was crazy. He just seemed, the afterburners went on, bang up he went pinches the ball and gives it like it's nothing. And we've seen that a few times since. We obviously saw it again against City in the league. But I think the biggest thing and what my 
concern was about how quickly he would have started was uh, how does he adapt to playing for a side like West Ham were fairly low possession he, a lot of his game was built around big switches off both feet and his passing range at West Ham was probably more adventurous than what we've seen at Arsenal because he was pinging them all over the park so he could give those one-twos and then give it long whereas at Arsenal you're playing inside the opposition half he's very much kind of middle third player but he's that that one that's he's got a high touch percentage and he's gone from at West Ham having around 50 to 60 touches per game sometimes at Arsenal having 120 and even the West Ham game that he was highly criticized for his performance in 104 passes in that game that's insane and that's a player that wasn't being asked to do that kind of thing 12 months ago he was he's never been asked to do it for England he's taken to it like a duck to water and that for me is exactly why we bought him do you feel he's a more complete player now even I see he has three goals and an assist already this year in the Premier League compared to last season he got four goals and one assist for the entire year is he becoming a more well-rounded footballer under Arteta um it's hard to say because I watched a lot of him at West Ham, particularly the, the year before last. And he was someone that you looked at his overall game and what he was having to do for West Ham. And he did a bit of everything. Whereas I look at him now and I think he's probably becoming more considered in what he's doing. So he, he's got that Steven Gerrard factor where he just, he can grab the game, he sticks the cape on. And it's like, if you look at Gerrard at Liverpool, whenever he was at his peak, Obviously, there was the Champions League final where he masterminded that kind of recovery. And so Declan Rice has those characteristics, maybe not the, the goal scoring ability of a Gerrard, but he's more like he is that I'm going to take control of this situation. So in most games, I think he's just having to be a bit more considered in his build up. His touch percentage is higher. And it is that being sure that you're not vacating your role. So he is probably he's going to become a better player by playing with better players. And I think there's definitely things that he's learning under Arteta that you wouldn't get at West Ham. And I think David Moyes is a very underrated coach. I mean, he's been managing at the top level for 20 years. And after United, I think his confidence took a big hit because he lasted eight months there. But since he's come back to West Ham, we've seen the David Moyes that was at Everton and there's no doubt that Rice would have learned a lot from him there. I think with Moyes as well, he challenged Rice every season. So, and every year Rice went away and learned something new, added something to his game. And even when he came to Arsenal, the reports were that he was requesting extra training sessions and learning sessions with the coaches after training. So those kind of things will only help him learn and improve. And I think when you're playing for a team with such high possession where all the real intricate details make huge differences, studying those fine details will help him improve. So I don't think it's just Arteta. I think it will be the whole environment that he's in where we're going to see him improve a lot more. And it's funny, we've gone from absolutely loving him and every fan 100% behind him to suddenly a load of fans online being that we've wasted 105 million on Declan Rice and it's a couple of per performances from Arsenal and it's 
we should have bought a striker instead of Declan Rice. But if we didn't buy, buy Declan Rice and we lost Thomas Partey the way we did, we wouldn't be where we are right now. It's it's something I don't think Arsenal have fully clicked as a team. I think it's starting to come. And what's interesting is we've just had a terrible month in terms of results, but we've probably played some of our best football of the season during that time, and it's just missing chances. And Declan Rice has been central to all of that. He's been the one that he keeps things moving. He knows when to carry. He knows when to give it first time. And he, he's not a player that dwells on the ball unless he's going to carry. And I think the, the difference in him and Pardy is Pardy's got the ability to just play that ball right through the lines straight to an Odegaard. I don't think Rice quite has that yet, but part of that will be from not having to do that. So the football is primarily kind of learned skills, muscle memory, and there's only so much natural ability at the very top level comes into it. And the more you do something, the better you become at it. And I think once Rice kind of gets used to those things, and I'm also not a big believer that a six should be doing that job. I, I don't want my six playing high-risk passes. And we saw it costing us last year with Party a few times where against West Ham when Rice uh, won the ball off him and we give away a penalty. So, look, for me, he's everything that I want in a midfielder and probably the most complete midfielder we've had since maybe Fabregas. Wow. You mentioned the transfer fee. We can't ignore it. It's a £105 million elephant in the room. It is a big cross to bear. And we've seen with Jack Grealish when he went to Man City. It took him some time to adapt. How is Rice carrying that transfer figure? You mentioned there a few downward performances and some fans throw that fee out saying oh we've wasted the money how is he carrying that cross i i honestly think he's one of the few that have signed for that kind of level of fee and justified it straight away and again the criticisms of his performances he's actually been very good in those games and it it's down to if a striker scores you're not looking at what your six did especially when they've had 100 touches in the game or 100 passes so the, the a lot of the criticism that you'll see is coming from young fans online probably haven't seen many good midfielders at the club and it's our faceless accounts and so on and the online noise makes up the majority of the noise but it's funny individuals can have great performances but when the team don't take the chances people are keen to pick out what's went wrong when actually if you look at things in isolation, you look at what Declan Rice is doing, even his level of being slightly off his best, you're probably still getting a 7 out of 10. And if you get a 7 out of 10 every week from a player, Rodri gives you a 7 or 8 every week. It's rare Rodri gives you a 10 because a 10 is probably when he's getting a goal or an assist or something like that. But you know from August to May, Rodri's your metronome in the team. And that, for me, is the measure that I'm going to judge Declan Rice on. I'm not going to be looking at him to be our Kevin De Bruyne. It's easy, that security that we've got, the the pass master, the, the, someone that keeps the ball moving, keeps us fluid in midfield and so on, and gives us the protection we need at the back. Because if you've got that and you can rely on that, it lets your, your two eights or your ten, your wingers, whoever it is, 
they're the ones that I want to see having the space and freedom to create and not having to be running back 50 yards to, to cover. And the way Rice wins the ball in midfield as well, it takes a lot of pressure off the team. He gives it, pops it off, and we're able to win the ball higher up the park too. And then he's got that security blanket of Gabriel and Saliba behind him, which, again, it's a long time since an Arsenal midfielder had defenders of that quality behind them. It's a strong spine. You mentioned there to set the conversation, sort of, the clamour a lot of clubs made for Caicedo. With the benefit of hindsight, do you feel Rice is on a, another level and you got a, a better deal there? Oh, definitely, especially when you look at Caicedo went for 10 million more than him in the end. But when we offered, I think it was the first bid was around 65 million. I think the second was 72 for Caicedo. At the time when the first one went in, I was thinking, I don't know if he's the player I want. I, I really like him and I think there's a lot to his game, but I've always felt with Caicedo, there's a lot more developing that needs done. And he was playing in an incredibly well-organized Brighton side, firstly under Potter and then under Deserby. So if you look at what him and McAllister were doing in midfield, you had players like Dunk behind him and so on that are just very, very good pros that are good at following instructions and Brighton were so well organized that I just wondered how good is Caicedo by himself right now I don't deny his potential I think he's got like top end potential and he's someone that could maybe be a better eight or he could also play as an inverted fullback he did that at Brighton last year a couple of times but yeah for me it was always Declan Rice I think he's got the physical profile he's He's got those big rangy strides the way Vieira had. And it's that power that he brings to the team that I think Arsenal have lacked for a long time. But Caicedo, he is a lot shorter. And in years gone by, we would have gone for the smaller option that maybe has that tighter touch to his foot. And it, it just looks a bit more aesthetic at times. Whereas Rice, for me, he's the powerhouse. And also... For me, the biggest thing with Rice is his personality and that aura that he brings to the team. He, he's someone that you look at and he's always fucking shouting at someone. He's like, he, he just doesn't shut up. He's He is a leader. He's a natural leader. Like, win, lose or draw, he's the first out in front of the media. Um, the club are sending him to do all the, the stuff off the pitch as well. He comes across as a genuinely a good guy, and but he's a winner. And that's, that's something that I feel like he dragged West Ham to their first trophy in over 40 years. And I think it's that it's all well and good having nice guys in the squad, but actually what you want is winners. And I think Declan Rice is a winner. He is someone that when things are against you, he steps up. And that's really what you need. It's someone that's here to win trophies and not just here because... He's a future England captain, isn't he? 100%. He see it in front of his destiny. You mentioned the way he sort of allows more creative lights in the team to do their thing. With that in mind, what do you feel is Arsenal's best midfield combination with Rice? I think him and Odegaard in the team, if Thomas Partey is fit, I think I, I, that's what we all want to see is a midfield of Rice, Partey and Odegaard. And Party would probably play at the six with Rice slightly ahead in the eight role, give him a bit more license to roam. Right now, when everyone's fit or with the team we have, I think it's Rice, Havertz, and Odegaard. 
and Havertz wins so many duels, does so many runs off the ball. Of course, there's areas for improvement, but he's someone that he's actually been very good recently, and he gets he's an easy target because he came for a big fee from Chelsea. And you see with Xhaka, we're from from the outside looking in, it it always looked like his days were numbered at Arsenal for a long time. Do you have any regrets as an Arsenal fan, the way his tenure ended at the club, seeing how well he's doing at Leverkusen? I think he's someone that I would have wanted to keep for another year. I think a lot of Arsenal fans would have. In the summer, I said on our pod a lot that I would have preferred to let Partey go and keep Shaka because we were bringing in Declan Rice, who felt like a more natural replacement for Thomas Partey. And we've got Jorginho there, and he's the perfect squad player. He's he's not someone that is really clambering to start in every game, but he's someone that will always be fit, always be available, and he's pushing his teammates. So he, he wants to play every game, but he's not. He, he's accepting of his role in the team, and I think you've got that that kind of security with him, a bit of depth there. But with Shaka. I felt that we brought Havertz in, who I do really like, but they're very, very different players and it has changed the dynamic of the team. But that said, I think Thomas Partey's injury has had a major effect on us. And that was always the risk you were taking. Buying Rice, who's always available. Buying Havertz, who's always available. But you were losing Granit Xhaka, who was always available. And it's that in itself is a big loss to Arsenal. And... It's probably the reason why we're looking at someone like Zubamendi now. So in an ideal world, we would have kept Shaka for another year, but I think it was a decision on his part that he and his family wanted to go back to Germany. And finally, Adam, I have to ask you, is Rice the final piece to the Arsenal jigsaw with his prime years upon us? Are we on the cusp of some more glory years for you, Gunas? I don't think he's the final piece. I think it will be a striker. And for me, the the striker thing, a lot of pundits are throwing out names of strikers. And that's all they are, names of strikers. Arsenal don't need a striker. Arsenal need an elite striker. And it has to be that player that really raises the level of the team, raises the level of everyone around them puts fear into defenders and ultimately can score goals. And if you look around Europe, there aren't many of those. But I, I think with Saliba, Rice and Gabriel, that kind of core trio in midfields there, we've got Odegaard and Saka, the, the two real star players. Hopefully Martinelli's form will come back. But I do think come the summer, we need that elite striker. We need someone that can really put the ball in the back of the net and... I think having Rice in the team, that, that's a long-term signing that will really contribute towards whatever we win over the next probably 10 years. Adam, thanks so much for your time. Please, my man, tell our listeners where they can hear more of your fantastic insight and expertise. So I'm a co-host on the Arsenal Therapy pod. You can find us on Apple and Spotify at Arsenal Therapy. You can also find us on YouTube where we do a couple of shows a week. Um, 
the a preview show before each game and the 15 minute show where we run through injuries transfers and uh, kind of any real updates around the club and we do them on tuesdays and fridays as well if we don't have a game so yeah you can find us there at arsenal therapy on youtube and the same on apple and spotify perfect my man i'll put the links to them in the show notes thanks so much adam perfect thanks for having me then you're listening to euro tales where european football stories are explored one at a time make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode the link to adam's magnificent show is in the show notes an absolute pleasure to be spoiled with his inside guna knowledge arsenal and rice a rare combination at the highest level of elite football a big transfer fee full of trappings and the potential to go sideways seems to be working out for all parties the gunas represent very happy customers thus far and given West Ham's recent form where they sit above a much lauded Brighton side in the Premiership table, they are dealing with life after rice impeccably. Please rate and subscribe to our growing show so we are not lost amongst the nonsense of the algorithm. If you're a first time listener, check out our previous episodes full of tales and analysis from some of European football's most sought-after experts, where we deep-dive on clubs and players in ways the mainstream media simply cannot. Until next time, be well. Thanks for listening. Don't miss us between episodes. Simply follow our socials, links in the show notes, or simply search at EuroTalesPod on Twitter. EuroTales. Podcast Network.